The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, September 15th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stock stabilize as investors await another key economic report. Talks continue in an effort to avert a freight rail strike in the U.S. Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping meet for the first time since the invasion of Ukraine. And we'll tell you which business school is ranked tops in the country. One of the women who accused former New York Governor Cuomo of sexual harassment is suing him. Plus, Ukraine assesses damaged, liberated cities from Russia's occupation. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanchower in sports. Another win for the Yankees in Boston. Another loss for the Mets. The Cubs finished a city field sweep. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures, they're little change this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures, again, are little changed, and so are Dow and NASDAQ futures pretty much. The DAX in Germany is up a quarter of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds, yield 3.44 percent, and the yield on the two-year, 3.81 percent. Nathan. Karen, we're seeing equities continue to stabilize following Tuesday's sell-off. Yesterday's late-day rally saw the S&P 500 close up a third of a percent. As for bonds, the U.S. 2- to 30-year curve has reached the most inverted level this century. Megan Horneman is chief investment officer at Verdance Capital. You're going to see a lot of this choppiness. It's just going to be an ugly market um, it, over the next week. The market's just waiting for that Fed report. And then even between now and then, we have quite a bit of um, economic data to digest. So I think you're just going to see a very sideways choppy market until we get a little bit more clarity on exactly what the Fed's going to do. Verdant's Capital's Megan Horneman says we're all waiting for Wednesday's Fed decision. Markets are pricing in a 75 basis point rate hike. 
Well, Nathan, a gloomy prediction for equities this morning from Ray Dalio, the billionaire founder of Bridgewater Associates, says stocks could fall about 20 percent. That's if the Fed's target rate reaches four and a half percent. The comments in a LinkedIn article follow this week's hotter than expected inflation data. Well, a busy week on the economic front continues this morning, Karen, with the release of U.S. retail sales for August. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. As it did with the CPI report, gasoline will have a major impact on the August retail report. Retail sales are reported in dollars, and the drop in gas prices will mean a big drop in service station sales. The question is whether consumers redirected any of their savings to spending on other things. It is back to school season. Retailers expect a jump in sales. Beyond that, the issue is whether Americans continued their switch to spending on services, which, with the exception of bars and restaurants, aren't included in this number. The retail figures aren't adjusted for inflation, so sales will look stronger than they actually were. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thank you. Another major story we're following this morning could have big implications for the economy and the markets. A possible freight rail strike. Rail and union negotiators are still at the table, but it is not clear yet if there's been any progress in averting a strike set to begin as early as tomorrow. We get the latest from Bloomberg's Amy Morris from our 991 newsroom in Washington. Talks led by Labor Secretary Marty Walsh continued through the night. Still, officials are making contingency plans in case 125,000 freight rail workers walk off the job, which some estimates say could cost the U.S. more than $2 billion a day. This shutdown would be the largest of its kind since 1992 and would impact travel and the supply chain. Now industry groups want Congress to step in to help avoid, in their words, a catastrophic shutdown of the freight rail system. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Amy. The strike could have a wide-ranging impact. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is warning about the potential economic damage from a labor stoppage. It would be a significant impediment to shipping goods and to create supply chain challenges. It's certainly something we don't want to see happen. In an interview with CBS, Secretary Yellen also says she thinks inflation will improve substantially over the next year due to current actions by the Fed. And we turn overseas now, Nathan, to geopolitics, where Chinese President Xi Jinping and Russian President Vladimir Putin are center stage. The leaders are taking a new step today in their no-limits friendship. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. Putin probably shouldn't expect too much at his first meeting with Xi since the Winter Olympics. China was caught off guard when Russia invaded Ukraine a few weeks later. Beijing struggled to offer support while avoiding endorsing a clear violation of sovereignty. But China came to grips with it, especially after Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. Now China says it fully understands all measures by Russia to protect its interests. Beijing has stopped short of military support for Russia, but the alliance will continue to serve as a check on the West. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you. In the U.K. today, and all week, really, it's all about the Queen. Queen Elizabeth's coffin is now in Westminster as she lies in state for four days. Let's get the latest live with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The British are famous for waiting in line, and that is exactly what thousands are doing right now as they wait patiently to pay their respects to the late Queen Elizabeth, the country's longest-ever-serving monarch. Her Majesty's coffin is now lying in state at the heart of the Palace of Westminster, where it will remain until Monday morning ahead of the funeral. 
Mourners are being admitted 24 hours a day, but with hundreds of thousands of people expected, the line currently stretching three miles could grow very much longer. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, we have some corporate news out of Europe this morning. The CEO of Shell will step down at the end of the year. Ben Van Buren has been at the energy giant for almost 40 years and has been CEO for the past eight. He'll now be replaced by Shell's head of gas and renewables, Wael Sawan. Well, the annual list of top business schools in the country is out from Bloomberg Business Week, Karen. And this year, Stanford is again number one. Its results remain consistent with past years as it scored highest in compensation, networking, and entrepreneurship. The University of Chicago's Booth School and Harvard Business School tied for second place. And speaking of Chicago, Nathan, when it comes to housing, that city, along with New York, are the most vulnerable to price declines in a potential economic downturn. That's according to a report by real estate data analytics firm Adam. Of the 50 counties most at risk, nine are in and around New York, and six are in the Chicago metropolitan area. Straight ahead, your latest uh, local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. And it's now 507 on Wall Street. We're at 68 degrees in Central Park. Got a tractor trailer fire cleanup underway in the North Bend, New Jersey Turnpike past exit eight. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. One time aide to former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sued him saying he sexually harassed her and then smeared her reputation after she became the second woman to publicly accuse him of misconduct. Charlotte Bennett's lawsuit filed in a federal court in New York City repeats many of the allegations she has talked about publicly. She said the governor subjected her to unwanted advances, including telling her that he was lonely and on the hunt for a girlfriend. The New York City Commissioner of Immigration Affairs says that many of the migrants who are being bussed from Texas, did not want to go to New York. Commissioner Manuel Castro says the city is helping them get to other states. Castro told Fox 5, many want to go to places like Florida, where the largest community of Venezuelans live. A charter flight with about 50 Venezuelan migrants, including children, landed on Martha's Vineyard. Yesterday's charter flight was arranged by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' office, saying they sent the immigrants from Texas to sanctuary states as part of their relocation program. Officials on the island say they had no prior notice, but as soon as they learned what was happening, they rallied. Barbara Rush is with St. Andrew's Parish. We've received calls from restaurants offering food, stores offering food, people offering space, you know, private people showing up saying, what can I do to help? It's been amazing. Barbara Rush with St. Andrew's Parish. Some state officials in Massachusetts have blasted DeSantis, calling it a political stunt. A Brooklyn mother has been officially charged with drowning her three children who were later found on the beach in Coney Island. Aaron Murdy faces several charges, including three counts of murder. President Volodymyr Zelensky went outside the capital of Kiev to assess the damage in cities once again in Ukrainian control. He says Izium was left largely devastated with apartment buildings blackened by fire and pockmarked by artillery strikes. The main thing that not me here, our soldiers here, that is a very important thing. That's, that it support, supports people. I see how people uh, meet them. That is, you know, uh, a very sensitive moment. 
President Zelensky. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. Very important red headline just crossing the Bloomberg terminal. The Labor Department says U.S. rail companies and union negotiators have come to a tentative agreement to avert a nationwide freight rail strike. We will have much more details coming up for you in minutes here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Five ten on Wall Street. Now time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan, so much for the Mets being able to take advantage of playing inferior opponents. Last 11 games have been against Washington, Pittsburgh, Miami, and the Cubs, four of the worst in the league. In those games, Mets just four and seven. Swept at home by the lowly Cubs. Last night, Chicago led six to nothing in the first inning. David Peterson faced six batters, got only one out. Cubs went on to win six three. Mets still in first place only because Atlanta has suddenly lost four out of five. Mets lead by a half game. They host the Pirates tonight. Yankees with a sweep of the many two-game series in Boston. No Aaron Judge home runs, but another big night for Glaber Torres. He had the winning hit Tuesday. Three more hits last night. The one in the fifth inning snapped a scoreless tie, and when Boston catcher Connor Wong threw the ball wildly, three runs scored, including Torres circling the bases. The Yanks won 5-3. to three. Donovan Mitchell introduced in Cleveland, traded by Utah. The New York native was asked about a trade to the Knicks. I thought for sure I was going back home, not going to lie about that. But, you know, when I found out where I was headed, who I was playing with, the group, the team, the coaching staff, I couldn't be more happier uh, to be here, to be a part of this organization, be a part of this group, to join these phenomenal guys, man, and add to it. You know, and I think that for me is what I'm, I'm truly excited about. Meanwhile, controversy in the NBA. LeBron James critical of Commissioner Adam Silver's decision to suspend Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver for only one year. Sarver was found to have conducted racist and misogynistic behavior. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks again. The breaking news, a tentative deal reached between freight rail companies and the union to potentially avert a nationwide rail strike. We'll get the details next with Bloomberg Government's Jack Fitzpatrick in Washington. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly sunny today with highs near 75 degrees. Sunshine upper 70s tomorrow. We'll get into the low 80s Saturday and bring in some clouds Sunday with a high near 85. Right now, 68 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're watching futures this morning as they drift. This is investors await the latest batch of economic data amid expectations of large interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. Treasury yields are rising, the dollar steady, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures, again, are little changed. Dow futures are higher, up 40, while NASDAQ futures are little changed. The DAX in Germany is up three-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds, yield 3.44 percent, and the yield on the two-year, 3.8. 2%. NYMEX crude oil down two tenths percent or 15 cents at $88.35 a barrel. COMEX gold down three quarters of a percent on $12.80 at $16.96.30 an ounce. The euro is at 0.9987 against the dollar. British pound 1.1504. The yen 143.42. And Bitcoin is up nine tenths of a percent at $20,125. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. 
hearing this just in, it looks like a freight rail strike will be averted. The Labor Department says U.S. rail companies and union negotiators have reached a tentative agreement. The statement says they have an agreement that balances the needs of workers, businesses, and the economy. A strike had been looming as soon as tomorrow, which could have cost the U.S. economy as much as $2 billion a day. Mourners continue to file past the casket of Queen Elizabeth at Westminster Hall in London. Some people have waited in long lines for up to 30 hours. Baseball, the Yankees beat the Red Sox 5-3. The Mets lost. The Orioles beat the Nationals 6-2. The A's and Giants won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Michael, thank you. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and let's get more now on the news that just broke minutes ago. The White House and the Labor Department announcing a tentative agreement reached between freight rail companies and their unions that could potentially avert a nationwide rail strike that could have taken effect as soon as midnight tonight. Let's bring in Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick, who's been following these negotiations from the nation's capital and joins us now from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Jack, good morning. Uh, this couldn't have come at a better time uh, for the Biden administration and I guess for the U.S. economy as a whole. Yeah, not a moment too soon, essentially. Uh, the, the statement from Labor Secretary Marty Walsh that just came out a few minutes ago said this happened after more than 20 consecutive hours of negotiations. Uh, they just announced this a little after 5 a.m. this morning. Uh, the, the deadline was tonight and it appears that, you know, they're, they're calling this a tentative agreement, but it appears that there will not have to be a strike and that there's a, enough of an agreement in place so that we have a statement from the White House. Uh, it says the rail workers are going to get better pay, improved working conditions, and in the president's word, uh, peace of mind around their health care costs. A big part of this was about uh, paid medical leave and work time flexibility and the demands that have been put on rail workers uh, during a, a, the pandemic about having to come into work on very short notice. Uh, so the, it would appear there's going to be something in there for them that goes beyond the initial recommendations from the president's emergency board. But it's it's very big news. And, it, it, you know, they could not have waited much longer uh, before a strike would have happened. And I have to imagine it's pretty important news as well for President Biden himself, who we've heard many times from the president that he wants to be the most pro-union president in history. And now it looks like uh, he's potentially gotten a, a big win for a major labor union in this country. Yeah, and especially this close to the midterm elections. One, this was an issue that threatened to uh, potentially undermine President Biden's standing with unions if this all fell apart. The fact that they did not immediately wholeheartedly sign on to the emergency board's recommendations was, was not a good thing. Uh, but also, even more broadly, the, the uh, possibility of the economic damage from this. So 
so close to the midterms was another big threat for the president and for Democrats on the campaign trail. Uh, the, the rail officials had estimated this would cause about $2 billion per day of economic damage. That would probably be significantly worse than even if there were a government shutdown, uh, just uh, for the context of the, the deadlines that, that, that were coming up. Uh, so it's, it's a big, uh, crisis averted, it seems, as long as they're not putting the cart before the horse and this tentative agreement becomes a, a wholehearted agreement. Yeah, and it's a, a significant news as well coming on the heels of the uh, inflation print we just got this week that shows that uh, higher prices continue to be an issue in this economy and potentially politically for the president as well. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's a bit of a case study uh, on the inflation uh, impact on uh, on wages and what the wage demands are. Uh, significant pay increases offered in this deal, even before the, the tentative deal that they're uh, discussing now. It also gets to what workers are demanding in terms of time, time off, paid time off, flexibility, that kind of thing, uh, and how much pushback there are. Are, there is from uh, from critical workers like rail workers uh, against the constraints that were put on them during the pandemic. So these are uh, very unique economic times right now, and, and this is a, a bit of a case study in how these negotiations uh, go forward and, and show what workers demand and what workers can realistically get uh, in, in a time with continued significant inflation and questions about uh, what the workplace looks like like for a lot of people during the pandemic. Only about 30 seconds left here, Jack. But again, we've just gotten this tentative agreement announced just minutes ago. What are you looking for next? Uh, does it go through? Because the, there's not a clear path for Congress to step in. This came up yesterday. There, there's not clear willingness for Congress to uh, pass something to force both sides to accept a certain offer. Uh, you know, can the White House get this absolutely across the finish line? Uh, it, does it not only get the thumbs up from labor leaders, but do, do the labor votes from the workers get this across the board? Uh, does a tentative agreement turn into an agreement agreement. Thanks, Jack. Great having you on with us, as always. Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick with us from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. On the breaking news, a tentative agreement announced by the White House and the Labor Department to potentially avert a nationwide freight rail strike that could have snarled 40 percent of the U.S. supply chain uh, if that strike had gone into effect around midnight tonight. But again, tentative agreement announced between the unions and the freight rail companies. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly sunny mid-70s today, sunny upper 70s tomorrow, low 80s Saturday and Sunday with a mix of sun and clouds. Right now, 68 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak. 
It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We have breaking news this morning. As we've been telling you, it looks like a freight rail strike will not happen tomorrow. The Labor Department says U.S. rail companies and union negotiators have reached a tentative deal to avert a strike. Bloomberg government reporter Jack Fitzpatrick joins us with the latest. The rail officials had estimated this would cause about $2 billion per day of economic damage. That would probably be significantly worse than even if there were a government shutdown. It's a big crisis averted, it seems, as long as they're not putting the cart before the horse and this tentative agreement becomes a wholehearted agreement. Bloomberg's Jack Fitzpatrick says the Labor Department believes the agreement balances the needs of workers, businesses, and the economy. And we'll keep you up to date on those details throughout the morning here on Bloomberg Radio. But first, let's get you caught up on markets. Equities are stabilizing in the wake of Tuesday's sell-off. Right now, S&P futures are little changed. Still, concerns over inflation and the Fed remain front and center. Robert Teeter is head of investment policy with Silvercrest Asset Management. Overall, it really took us back just about a week in terms of where the S&P had been. And so that says that there was a lot of optimism built into that report. Uh, didn't come through quite as planned. But I think the CPI print wasn't quite as bad uh, as numbers in isolation would have made it out to be, really more a reversal of the prior week. So, again, this concept of patience and sort of looking through the numbers a little bit, things are going to take some time to settle down. Robert Teeter with Silvercrest says markets could rebound if we get a few positive inflation readings in the coming months. Meantime, Nathan, we're getting a gloomy prediction for equities this morning from billionaire Ray Dalio, the founder of Bridgewater Associates, says stocks could fall about 20 percent if interest rates increase to about four and a half percent. Dalio made the prediction in a LinkedIn article. And a busy week on the economic front continues today, Karen, with the release of monthly retail sales. We get those numbers this morning at 830 Wall Street time, along with data on empire manufacturing and weekly jobless claims. And turning overseas now, Nathan, geopolitics is also front and center this morning. Chinese President Xi Jinping and Russian President Vladimir Putin meet Today, for the first time since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, shortly before the war, the two vowed to have no forbidden areas of cooperation. But Beijing has stopped short of sending military supplies or financial support. And futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up about six points. Dow futures up 59. And Nasdaq futures are in little change. So we're starting to see some strength there in the futures market. Ten-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds. Yield 3.43%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 67 degrees in Central Park. uh, Problems piling up on the uh, northbound New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes. Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Nathan, thank you very much. A one-time aide to former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sued him, saying he sexually harassed her and then smeared her reputation after she became the second woman to publicly accuse him of misconduct. Charlotte Bennett's lawsuit filed in a federal court in New York City repeats many of the allegations she has talked about publicly. She said the governor subjected her to unwanted advances. Ukrainians' president made a rare foray outside the capital to assess the damage in cities once again in Ukrainian control. Volodymyr Zelensky says after almost six months under Russian occupation, Izium was left largely devastated. The view is very shocking, but it's not shock for me because we began to see the same pictures from Bucha, from the first deoccupied territories. Destroyed buildings, killed people. 
President Zelensky says so far prosecutors have found six bodies with traces of torture in recently retaken Kharkiv regions in the villages. Chinese President Xi Jinping, Russia's Vladimir Putin, and leaders from India and Central Asian nations are headed to Uzbekistan for a summit of a security group seen by Beijing and Moscow as a counterweight to U.S. influence. Prosecutors in Chicago say singer R. Kelly could receive an additional 10 to 90 years behind bars after a jury convicted him of producing child pornography and enticing girls for sex. Outside the courtroom, Kelly's attorney, Jennifer Bonjean, said prosecutors overreached after the documentary, Surviving R. Kelly, sparked a public outcry. The government wanted to, um, as I said during my closing arguments, be um, greedy, um, and they charged counts they couldn't win and that they shouldn't have. Kelly's attorney, Jennifer Bonjean, the verdict comes months after a federal judge in New York sentenced Kelly to 30 years in prison for racketeering and sex trafficking. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 5.35 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan, if the Mets don't win the NLEs, they might look back at this recent stretch. Unable to take advantage of playing teams they should be able to beat, swept at home by the Cubs, who outscored the Mets in the three-game series 15-5. to It was 6-3 to last night. It was 6 nothing in the first inning as David Peterson got lit up. Mets host the Pirates tonight. They lead Atlanta by a half game as the Braves have lost four out of five. Yankees and Red Sox scoreless fifth inning in Boston. Yanks had two on Glaber Torres at the plate. Glaber lines another base hit to right field. Rounding third is Hicks. Here comes a throw home. It is not in time. And they have all the balls thrown to right field. Scoring is Judge. All the way to third is Glaber. He rounds third. Coming home. The throw is not in time. WFAN. So Torres circled the bases. Two more Boston errors led to a Yankee run of the ninth. Yanks beat the Sox 5-3. to three. Nestor Cortez sharp in five innings. Got his tenth win. Clark Schmidt followed him. He threw two perfect frames of relief. Yanks off tonight. They play tomorrow in Milwaukee. The two teams behind the Yankees met. Toronto beat Tampa Bay. Career home run number 100 for Vladimir Guerrero at age 23. A win for the Cardinals and a record set. Adam Wainwright on the mound and Yadier Molina was his catcher for the 325th time. That's the most ever. Chargers and Chiefs kick off week two tonight in Kansas City. The Giants Sunday host Carolina. We'll see if whiteout Kadarius Tony gets more playing time. Last year's top draft pick. Only on the field last week for seven snaps. Asked about it. Tony said, I get paid to play, not coach. Jets Sunday visit Cleveland. Joe Flacco will again be the quarterback, though Zach Wilson is now back practicing. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. The U.S. has recovered all of the jobs it lost during the pandemic, but New York City is still missing 176,000. The Times reports job growth slowed this summer in sectors like hotels and restaurants compared with a year ago. Businesses in technology, healthcare, and finance increased employment at a faster pace. A union election at an Amazon facility in upstate New York has been scheduled for October, setting up another company showdown with workers trying to build on a landmark union victory this year. The vote at the facility near Albany is set to be held in person between October 12th and October 17th. 
Hilton has tapped a major development project in Times Square to build a boutique hotel brand. Wall Street Journal says the hotel will be the first under the new Tempo by Hilton flag. It's part of the TSX Broadway, a $2.5 billion tower. At your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report, I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus on 1010 Winds in New York. We're talking about Barney's New York being brought back to life in the form of a beauty and wellness brand. I'm Courtney Donahoe on WoWo in Fort Wayne. Alcoa says it's getting squeezed by lower aluminum prices. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm talking about a new report showing that homes in and around Chicago and New York City are most vulnerable to price drops in a potential economic downturn. I'm Lisa Mateo, and on KYW in Philadelphia, I'll be reporting on why Amazon shoppers will be getting more spam emails. I'm Caroline Hepcom, Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on the government considering lifting the cap on bankers' bonuses. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting Lear will supply General Motors with parts for its Ultium battery platform. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. A modern currency must meet the needs of a modern economy. Yet, in an important way, the U.S. dollar is in danger of falling behind. In recent decades, countries from the U.K. to China have introduced payment systems enabling people to transact instantly, directly from their bank accounts at extremely low cost. The transition to real-time payments has already boosted global economic output by tens of billions of dollars a year. But in the U.S., Fewer than 1% of all transactions settle in real time. To its credit, the Federal Reserve is trying to address at least part of the problem, but more needs to be done. The next iteration of money has the potential to benefit billions. The U.S. should not let itself get left behind. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN go. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny mid-70s today, upper 70s in the sunshine tomorrow. We'll keep it sunny, low 80s by Saturday, bringing some clouds on Sunday with a high near 85. Right now, 67 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Mosnow, and futures are starting to show some strength this morning. This is investors await the latest batch of economic data amid expectations of large interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. Check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up eight points. Dow futures up 71. And NASDAQ futures are up 13. 
The DAX in Germany is up four-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury is down 8.30 seconds, yield 3.43%, and the yield on the two-year, 3.81%. Dimex crude oil is down six-tenths of a percent on 51 cents at $87.95 a barrel. Comex gold down seven-tenths percent, or $11.30, at $16.97.80 an ounce. The euro, 0.9994 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1514. And the yen at 143.33. And Bitcoin this morning is up 1% at $20,150. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Joe Biden says a tentative railway labor agreement has been reached, averting a potentially devastating strike before the pivotal midterm elections. Biden said in a statement this morning that the tentative deal will keep our critical rail system working and avoid disruption of our economy. Biden says the rail workers will get better pay, improved working conditions, and peace of mind around their health care costs. In London, the public continues to pay their respects to the late Queen Elizabeth as she lies in state in Westminster Hall. Authorities estimate the line to enter the building stretches 2.6 miles. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Red Sox 5-3. The Mets lost. The Orioles beat the Nationals 6-2. The A's and Giants won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. It's 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and it may be crisis averted for a major piece of the U.S. supply chain with that tentative agreement just announced this morning between freight rail operators and their unions. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets Course. Correspondent Kriti Gupta is with us live this morning from the Greenville Yard in Jersey City, New Jersey, a uh, major point in that supply chain between the ports and the rails. Kriti, good morning. You seeing any uh, signs of renewed activity now that we've uh, heard this news this morning? Well, good morning, Nathan. You know what's interesting here is that in preparation of a potential strike, so much was halted. You had something like I believe auto shipments were already paused. I mean, as we were coming in towards Greenville Yard, we saw trailers and trucks full of just new vehicles just standing on the sidelines. Think about it. If you have a new car manufactured in Detroit or manufactured in Mexico, that is then shipped or uh, I should say transported via freight because that is the most efficient way across the country to the dealerships where people can actually buy it. Another example is hazardous materials, for example, were halted. Think of ethanol, 70% of which uh, in this country is shipped by freight. So ethanol, things that are extremely flammable if left by themselves um, on, say, an idle car, which was the threat if indeed the strike goes through. Those kind of things were put on pause. And on top of that, Amtrak even uh, canceling their long-distance flights. So right now, or uh, train trips, I should say. Nathan, right now, there isn't going to be an immediate effect. Right now, you are still seeing uh, the normal things you would see at a rail yard, essentially rail cars being filled, being transported, but not necessarily moving. And that's what we're waiting to hear. And once again, I should really emphasize this deal is still tentative. It is not official yet. Well, what are you hearing about the deal at this point? What were the sticking points uh, between the union workers and the freight rail companies? What were the union workers looking for? You know, at the end of the day, uh, everyone is looking for a higher salary. But for railroad workers, it was different. They are coming from a legacy of long hours. They're coming from a legacy where COVID has, has meant that a lot of their industry has actually left working in railroads. 
What's important to note here is that their biggest issue was getting sick leave, was getting medical leave. And during the pandemic, a lot of these railroads have implemented a point-based system. Essentially, you are on call. If we call you, you have 90 minutes to two hours to report to work. And if you don't, you will be penalized. You will be deducted in some way. That kind of policy is what these uh, workers were potentially striking against, in addition to, of course, higher pay. Now, uh, some of the new details we are getting in terms of what this contract and this agreement actually looks like includes a 24% wage increase during the five-year period from 2020 through 2024. So that does mean back pay going into the COVID era, as well as an immediate payout of an average of $11,000 upon the ratification of the deal. What that means, I think this is the new change in the language, Nathan, is that if this deal is indeed approved, those workers get $11,000 on average right off the bat. I mean, so in our last 30 seconds here, Creedy, what are you looking for next now that we do have this tentative agreement announced? Well, we are still waiting for the union membership, though. They have to approve it. They have to agree with it. I mean, look, they've had tentative agreements before in history, the 1991 rail strike, 1986, and they've still ended up going on strike. So really, it's it's anyone's game here. All right. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta keeping on top of any further developments now that we do have this tentative agreement reached between the unions and the freight rail operators. As uh, Kriti uh, rightly noted there, the uh, union workers themselves are going to have to ratify this thing. So we'll be staying on top of it for you ahead of that midnight strike deadline. Keep it right here on Bloomberg Radio. Karen. Well, Nathan, it is 5.52 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report, brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 90 years. More at ADR.org. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration is looking at new helmet designs to replace the traditional hard hats worn at job sites by its inspectors. The sporting events video streamer Flow Sports is facing a class lawsuit. Plaintiffs accuse the company of sharing subscribers' personal information with Facebook without their consent. Wegmans Food Markets is accused of infringing on an Israeli firm's technology for distributing coupons via its mobile app. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thanks. Now another legal story we're watching. Trevor Milton, the founder of the automaker Nikola, went on trial this week on charges that he lied to investors about his startup company's ability to produce trucks that run on electricity or hydrogen fuel cells and duped them into buying Nikola stock. The first witness, a former Nikola contractor whose allegations of fraud at the company helped spur a criminal investigation, made a startling admission to the jury yesterday, admitting he made $600,000 off a short seller's report on Nikola. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow, who's covering the trial. Is the defense hanging its case on materiality, saying that Milton's statements weren't material to investors' decisions to buy the stock? Or is there another thread to their defense? What the defense has argued in opening statement is that the government's case is complete distortion, for one, that they're trying to make Milton out to be a criminal with a sinister agenda to defraud. What they will argue is interesting that he, you know, genuinely believed in what he was doing, that his goals were genuine. The other part of it is that the defense in its early arguments basically say 
this is the CEO's job, right? To market the company, to talk it up, to get its name out there and help it on its way to achieve its ultimate goal. There's also going to be a debate here around linguistics. What does the word prototype mean? What does the word timeline and manufacturing or develop actually mean? And we believe the defense will poke holes at the prosecution's argument about the meaning of what it was that Milton said. Tell us about the first witness who made a startling admission during the cross-examination. Paul Lackey was a contract engineer that worked with and for Milton in 2016, developing the early prototype of the Nikola One, which was the first iteration of Nikola's truck. He gave testimony that Milton, at a launch event in December 2016, made misrepresentations about the truck's capabilities, but also the status of the truck. According to the witness, it was missing all of the key components that would have made it capable of functioning anyway. Now, here's the key part. The witness told the jury that he received 600000 US dollars in compensation, effectively, from a short seller, Hindenburg Research. Hindenburg Research published its short report on Nikola in September of 2020, which hit the company's stock and ultimately was another catalyst in the chain of events which led to Milton first resigning and then being indicted. And the defense put questions to him about his knowledge of what happened with Nikola after 2016. And he said, of course, he didn't have any because he no longer worked with the company. They also, on the issue of the $600,000, asked questions about his motivation, whether he was motivated to speak out against Nikola for money. So it'll be interesting to see where that witness's testimony landed with the jury. And that's Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow speaking at the Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview, plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading this show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BlawGo. And futures this morning, they're showing a little more strength. S&P futures up six points, down futures up 56. NASDAQ futures there, little change. Right now, and uh, 10 year treasuries down 9.30 seconds, yield 3.44%. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day, including that tentative pact between the U.S. railroads and their unions. And this is Bloomberg. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.